Welcome to Answers May Vary. Each week, we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Hindley. And together with you, we're Three Heads. So today's dilemma, it's the beginning of the school year. I don't know how to start. (laughs) I don't really want to jump into my first unit, but I also don't want to spend multiple days on getting to know you and getting set up activities. So what do I do? It's a big question, (laughs) but certainly one that we can relate to. I think that was very much us. We didn't necessarily want to go into our heftiest unit on the second day of school, Mm -hmm. but we did want to get moving. And over the years, we've tried a number of things that we'll share here. But I think what we've settled on as our most successful were ways that we could build some foundational skills, but that were also relatively high interest. All right. So let's get started with standard level students. Mm -hmm. So one year, I think we really were just, well, we've got about two thirds of a class planned. What else could we do? So we did a a kind of see what you know quiz and it was for extra credit. We would be sure to tell them, don't stress. This Mm -hmm. isn't like a test on your first day of school. We did literary terms for a while. You could certainly do that with grammar. I think we wrote all the sentences about our summer or hot summer blockbusters and we would try to make it fun, but it would give us, (laughs) they're going to know this. They're not going to know that. It was a good way to maybe ease in a little bit without it being a stressful situation. Also, if you're new to the classroom Mm. or you're teaching a grade level you've never taught before and you're not quite sure what they know Mm -hmm. or don't know, you can do a test quiz like that. I would say make it extra credit. Don't ever make it for a grade because you're on a fishing expedition. You're not sure (laughs) what it is that they know or they don't know. And often students can feel really deflated if they do poorly. And again, because you're sort of fishing, chances are quite a few of them are going to do poorly. And I would say Kate makes a good point too. When I first started teaching, I was shocked at what they didn't know that I expected them to know. So yes, if it's your first year, if maybe you're moving up a grade and you assume I've been teaching this, so they're going to know it on the first day. I know day. what you know. <laughs> yeah. It is probably a wise idea to get a little early on feeler of what they're actually ready for. In the English classroom, one thing <laughs> to always start out with, you're never going to fail on no. this one, is reviewing the parts of speech. Number one, It doesn't rank high up on the list of what people remember, unless you're an English teacher. But number two, it's pretty low stake. You remind them of the parts of speech. It's fairly easy to identify. It's also something that you can make fun, whether it's you do something like a Mad Libs or you make it about your school Mm -hmm. if you teach freshmen or you make it about summer movies or things that went viral over the summer, it can be more engaging for students. But I promise they don't remember from last year. No, (laughs) maybe two of them do, but (laughs) not the rest. You may, depending on your school, you've had a summer reading book. Maybe your school, ours shifted at one point to say, we're not going to require them to read in the summer, but they'll get it at registration and their test will be within a few weeks. So you may either need to do some kind of activities to introduce the book or to do some follow-up like a test if there was summer reading. If you're going to do a class discussion or class activity, you should probably assume most of them didn't actually read 
read it. And so you want something that's more thematically related rather than do you remember what happened on page 73, unless you're just going to give a test and call it a day. Yeah. I would suggest that you take the temperature of your Mm. department on that. I know some years we had it where it was we are not teaching this book. Mm -hmm. We are just assessing whether or not they read and understood the book at the most basic level. So if your department is like, we are not teaching this book and you teach the book, you're going to make some enemies. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And on the other side, you wouldn't make enemies. People will just feel better about themselves. (laughs) If everyone else is going to teach it and you're not going to teach it, you won't make any enemies, but you may do a little harm to your students. Yeah. <laughs> so just make sure you gauge that, especially if you're new to your school. Yeah. What we really came to find was a great way to start the year was to teach them a structured paragraph. We called it the five C's paragraph, where mm-hmm. they would write a claim, a concrete evidence, a context sentence, commentary, and a connecting sentence. Now, you may have heard that referred to by a number of things. It's very similar to a number of ways that we're taught as English teachers to teach writing, but we wanted them to use that format through the school year. And so we felt like it was worth really putting in the time and effort that first week or two to teach them that format and get them familiar with it. Yeah. I think a big mistake teachers make, and at the beginning Mm -hmm. we made this mistake too, is to assume that your secondary level students know how to write. Yeah. They do not. You know what they say about assumptions. (laughs) (laughs) So don't assume that. Teach it. The worst that could happen is they say, we already know this. Oh, great. Then you're going to do really good Uh on this assignment and you will appreciate a bump to your grade. That's the worst thing that could happen. The best thing that could happen is you set students up to meet expectations for what is appropriate secondary level writing Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the school year. And related to that, theme can be a really good way to start. And we would combine those usually. We did it with movies because we figured let's ease in. And we would have them watch a movie, answer some questions about character development. And these were like kids' movies. We tried Up. Turned out that was a little too complex for some of our students. And we found... (laughs) I don't know if it was complex or it was so easy to lean into adventure. Is out there. Yeah, you don't want paragraphs that say the theme of the movie is adventure is out there. A quote that shows this is adventure is out there. <laughs> it means adventure is out there. So we settled on the Lego Batman movie. That worked pretty well for this. There's a really clear character change that really leads to a clear theme. And it was a good way to give them a topic for the paragraph to write where it was in support of a theme showing how Batman changes over the course of the movie. But also theme is so central to what we do in English and students so often struggle with it or have have been taught that a topic is a theme when that's not the case. And so I think it's a really good way to establish this is something we'll be doing regularly. Let's make sure we know how to write a theme and then we'll use it to teach this paragraph format. All good points. (laughs) And the last thing we would do that worked well to start was back when we had more specific California state standards, we would do activities to introduce literary devices like plot or character, which again could be done with a high interest TV show or movie, something like that to make sure they know those basics before we move into a more complex text. Yeah. I think your best approach to 
to your standard level students is to assume they have amnesia yeah. for anything that <laughs> happened in their previous academic experience. So treat it as though you're really introducing all of these things for the first time. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you're going to give your students a little confidence mm-hmm. boost that they know this, that they can do this, that yeah. this is accessible to them. And really, I believe most math classes start with review. It's not like you're just the weirdo who's like <laughs> teaching last year's stuff or something like that. <laughs> Better to get it out of the way at the beginning than in December be like, they don't know. <laughs> or if you've listened to our first year mistakes, be like me thinking we're going to do participial phrases the second week of school and yeah. then discover you don't know what a noun is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's shift over to your honors level, AP level classes. You are going to want to approach this a little bit differently. Yes, assume they're not going to remember everything, but they do have flashes. Yes. <laughs> and some motivation to maybe learn it on their own if they realize they've forgotten. Yeah. Not completely, but more so. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's a true statement for your AP levels. Yeah. I don't know where the, the, yeah. the motivation is always there. <laughs> One of the things that we really enjoyed doing with our AP literature class was an interpretation activity using Norman Rockwell paintings. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, what is there to interpret yeah. in a Norman Rockwell <laughs> painting? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your students, if they are anything like ours, are going to come up with these wild interpretations <laughs> of what is going on in these paintings. But that's not the point. Uh-huh. You want them to only use evidence that they can see in that painting in order to make those interpretations. That's a really important thing to do, especially at the AP level for a couple of different reasons. One, they're AP seniors, so they think they know everything. everything. <laughs> so it brings them down uh-huh. a little bit, and it does it in a friendly way yeah. because they're not writing things down. You're just doing this verbally, but you're really making them focus on the details. What can you see that you can discuss? And that is crucial to mm-hmm. their success in the AP literature course as well as on the exam is making sure that they're not coming up with their own harebrained ideas, <laughs> that they're using evidence that is presented in the text. And it's also a really good way to and I would for sure do it overkill a little bit, but to really, no matter what they said about the painting, even if it was pretty obvious, I'd be mm-hmm. like, how do you know? Prove it to me. <laughs> there was one where- I mean, not with that confrontational tone, but- Yeah, but <laughs> I would do it more friendly than that. There was one that was pretty clearly headed off to Easter morning, but I would make yeah. them say the dresses, they're holding small books, which are, how do you know it's a Bible? Okay, how many other people carry a book in their arm on the way out the door dressed in white? And mm-hmm. well, there's lilies on the thing. And I think there was one- one where the kid was wearing what was clearly a Boy Scout uniform, but it didn't say Boy Scout. So again, why? How do you know it's Boy Scouts? And so it was just a good way to emphasize that idea that you do have to provide evidence in this class. Mm-hmm. But then also later when you're talking to them about the difference between evidence, paraphrase, analysis, that kind of thing, it gives you some common examples and it makes it easier to say, you know, you have to support 
anything that wouldn't be a common assumption, they're going to be like, oh, everything's a common assumption. And I could be like, like the Boy Scout uniform, but not this. And so it can be fun to be a little bit of a pill in that way, but it does have a purpose in terms of teaching them to back up what they say. It's a lesson that sticks with them. Yes. (laughs) And it's fun. We would have a really good time doing that. Students really liked it. They'd get into it. They'd be like, can I get out of my seat and come look up more closely? Another good thing to start with is integrating and punctuating quotations. Mm -hmm. Don't assume that their previous teachers have taught it to them. Don't assume that they remember what their previous teachers taught. Unfortunately, don't assume your previous teacher taught them correctly. Yeah. Going over integrating and punctuating quotations is super helpful. You don't have to use a difficult text in order to be able to do it. You can use silly quotations in order to get them to practice those skills. But again, it's that foundational skill that they're Mm -hmm. going to use over and over, which Again, a great place to teach that structured paragraph response. Mm-hmm. In this case, we would take it a step further and actually show them when we give you guided reading questions for a novel, we expect you to answer them in this format. Let me show you with an example from your current assignment. And we would talk about what makes a good response and how really you should be completing that, what that should look like. Yeah. You can also use it as an opportunity to build your literary toolkit. Lots of AP literature teachers reference how to read literature like a professor. The beginning of the year is a good time Mm -hmm. to discuss that or to read excerpts of it or to review allusions. Super important. We can't assume and we shouldn't assume Mm -hmm. that they know all the mythological allusions they need to know, that they know all the biblical allusions that they need to know. And again, this is just setting them up for success for AP literature, Mm -hmm. the exam, and just to make them more savvy readers. And we always take care to explain to them like, look, we're not teaching religion here. We're teaching you because the texts you'll be asked to read in this class are from this culture. And you Mm -hmm. do need this background. I remember there was a chapter, I think, in Foster's How to Read Literature Like a Professor, where he was like, if I was in an East Asian country, I would be learning more about Hinduism and Buddhism. Whether you agree or disagree, it's something you do need to know to be successful in a class based on Western literature. You also want to model your regular assignments because at the honors and AP level, chances are there's not a lot of credit, no credit. So you want to let students know what is it that you are expecting in the work that they produce for you. Yeah. And we started doing this, honestly, pretty late in the game, unfortunately, (laughs) but we did one year really take time. Let's do a guided reading question together. Let's walk through the rubric for this assignment we give you six times a year and make Mm -hmm. sure that you know exactly what it is we're looking for. Also, when it comes to novel placement with your honors and AP classes, generally we would recommend and what we would try to do is a pretty high interest one Mm -hmm. as the first one. Definitely, you don't want to start with your hardest one, especially if you have students who are on the fence about taking the class or who scare away easily. Mm -hmm. I think we would usually try to place those either second or at the beginning of second semester when students are slightly inspired to maybe do better this semester. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to start your year with one that they're going to enjoy and find doable. For sure. Overall, you want to assume that your students know less than Mm -hmm. you expect of them at the beginning of the year. When you start
start off with your expectation that they're going to be at grade level, that they're going to remember everything they did last year, you're going to be frustrated yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they did their summer slide. Yep. <laughs> and so you can set yourself up to feel better and set them up to feel better if you set a time, set aside a little bit of time at the beginning of the school year to do some review yeah. of the things that you expect from them, whether it's the knowledge that you expect them to have, the work that you expect them to produce, or the familiarity with certain elements of your course. And it lets them start more confidently. One, because they've learned what to do, but if it is review, then great. Oh yeah, I know how to do this instead of feeling lost from day one. And if you do have a school that allows students to drop out mm -hmm. of classes. If they can't hang with these yeah. review activities, then it really is appropriate for them to leave. And we should find that out sooner yeah. rather than later. And so on that note, it is helpful in your honors and AP classes to do enough of a challenge that if they're really not meant to be in the class, they know that early on. But again, not so challenging that they're all that dropping like flies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We hope something that we said resonated with you, that you have something you can put to work in your classroom. You have an idea rolling around about what you can do for your first unit in this upcoming school year. If you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about or you'd like to hear us talk about, email us at hello at threeheads.works. If you haven't heard enough yet, check out our YouTube video linked in the show notes. If you want to be notified of our next upload, be sure to follow us. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.